Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Today, Wendy and I are talking about the latest trip on our Southern African adventure, which is Botswana, and in particular, a trip by canoe that we took in Botswana. But before we start, let me remind you that you can get a special offer of 10 US dollars in italki credits with your first purchase by visiting go.italki.com slash English in 10 minutes. Just like with our podcast, with italki, you will learn authentic English the way it's really spoken as you reach fluency. So moving on to Botswana and Wendy, this actually was a country that we didn't plan to visit originally. No, it wasn't on our itinerary. I mean, we had a pretty loose itinerary. We didn't have um, a really clear idea of exactly what we were going to be doing every day for three months that we were in Africa. But yeah, we thought we knew at least which countries we were going to visit. And we had decided to leave Botswana off the list, I think mainly because we thought it was going to be really expensive because it does have the reputation and it's true that it does have a lot of very high-end lodges where you can pay hundreds of dollars a night or even thousands of dollars a night which of course is way out of our budget and so we thought that it wouldn't be the right place for us but in fact I think it's probably been my favorite country so far on the trip. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things about it, which is firstly, like you said, we hadn't really figured out the practicalities. And in the north of Botswana, there's a, a an area where there are borders for five different countries close to each other. Mm-hmm. And we thought that we could go or that we would go from Zimbabwe, perhaps directly to Namibia. Namibia has this very unusual corridor that links it with Zimbabwe and maybe Zambia as well. Um, And so we thought we didn't need to go to Botswana, but it turned out that even in terms of practicalities, it was probably easier to come down to Botswana and then to go to Namibia from there. And the other thing is that apart from being expensive um, or having the reputation um, of being expensive, the other thing about Botswana is that it's known pretty much only for its safaris and it doesn't really have other attractions necessarily, or that was, again, the reputation. And originally, we'd only planned to do just one safari in Kruger at the very beginning of our trip. And then we thought, okay, we'll get that out of the way. We'll do that. And then we'll be done with it. Turns out that now we do safaris all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think we may have just recently done our last one on the trip. But we did do several uh, while we were traveling through Southern Africa because they're wonderful. And they've been definitely the highlights of the trip for me, seeing all these animals in their natural habitat in the wild. And every experience is different. You see different animals or you see them doing different things or in different settings. And so I don't regret at all doing more than one safari. And the ones that we did in Botswana were some of the best and also had this uh, unique twist of being in a canoe, as you mentioned. Right. So what we did first was we went to Chobe National Park in Botswana. That's in the north. It's very close to Zimbabwe. And in fact, that was the cheapest safari that we've done in Africa. So that goes against this reputation that we've been talking about of Botswana as an expensive country. But then we went down to a place called the Okavango Delta and did this canoe trip. And so the Okavango Delta is a unique place. It's a a fascinating natural area. So it's a river delta, which is the mouth of a river, but it's unusual in that it's an inland delta. 
Usually when you think of river deltas, you think of a river like the Nile, and so the delta is in the north of Egypt as the river flows out into the Mediterranean. Or if you look at the Mekong in South Vietnam, it flows out into the South China Sea. Um, but this is an inland delta, so you don't have that coastal aspect at all. Mm -hmm. And it just creates this very unusual and, and beautiful landscape where you have all of these different channels or different little tributaries of this river uh, in, in this kind of savanna environment almost. Right, yeah. And it's maybe hard to get a full grasp of what it's like when you're on the ground. They do offer scenic flights that you can do by helicopter or by a small plane, but again that was kind of out uh, beyond our budget and so what we did instead was we got right into the middle of it and we went inside a tiny little canoe and uh, traveled through these very narrow channels surrounded by reeds on either side and going right through the water and being right down at the ground level or I guess the water level um, in among the animals and the landscape. So these canoes are called Makoro in the local language or Makoros in the plural and it's quite well set up. They have an association of the Makoro guides and the Makoro polars and what they do is you get in the canoe, you're sitting down, they have these kind of plastic chairs or they've taken essentially the the seat of chairs and taken off the legs and then you can put the chairs in the canoe and then the, the tourists sit in the canoe and then the guide or the polar is at the back and he has a long pole and he uses that to propel the canoe forward or he or she in fact because there are quite a lot of female polars as well. Mm -hmm. So they have this association with guides and polars so you'll have guides and if you're going to stay overnight which is what a lot of people do and that's what we did you also have other polars who will bring supplies and will bring camping equipment and things like that. Actually I was a little bit embarrassed to be honest because we had uh, up to nine people uh, who were involved in our trip and it was just the two of us mm -hmm. along in fact with the owner of the company um, the tourist company or the travel agency and so they came she came to see the just to see the operation and make sure it was all working well but there were nine polars who were responsible for setting up our camp and cooking our food and doing all that and so that we're not used to being waited on by all of these people um, so as I said I was a little bit embarrassed about that but um, it's quite a big operation to set all this up. Yeah, and I had no idea how big of an operation it would be. So it is camping, but and it, it's not luxury camping or glamping as it's sometimes referred to, you know, this glamorized version of camping. It's not that, but they do still bring a lot of equipment, much more than we would bring if we were just camping by ourselves and trying to fit everything inside of a backpack. So they have fairly large tents. I mean, you're able to stand up inside the tent. That's how large it is. Uh, what else do they bring? There's a, a toilet, so it's a compost uh, long drop toilet, but they set that up as well as a, a temporary structure. And then they bring a big long table and chairs for everyone. And it's, oh, and there's a big canopy as well because it gets very, very hot in the middle of the day. So I really appreciated having that canopy that they set up over the table and chairs area so that you could have a little bit of shade uh, to sit in. So 
yeah, it is a big operation. There are lots of people involved, even though it is kind of roughing it, you know, because you are still camping out in the middle of the wilderness. Yeah, and it's they bring everything in and take everything out. So there's no permanent structures or, or anything at the campsite. So that's why it requires all of these people to bring all of this equipment and supplies. So we spent probably a couple of hours floating down uh, one of the channels of the Okavango Delta in the canoe and we got to our little island which was our campsite and we were greeted with elephants yeah there were three elephants that were in the water right there right next to our campsite and we actually had to move right past them very very close to them to get to the campsite because they were in the water right next to this channel and it's a very very narrow narrow channel that the canoe has to pass through. And so it was a little bit scary, but I I didn't feel that we were threatened. I didn't feel that, that the animals were being aggressive at all and, and our guide was okay with passing through, so we trusted his judgment. And it was amazing to be so close to these animals and they actually stayed at our camp the whole time. They were still there even the next morning when we woke up. Yeah, the three that we saw right at the beginning were part of a herd of five. And like you said, they were there the whole time. And actually, as we left the next day, some of them crossed the channel that we were on right in front of us. Mm -hmm. And so we just, just sat there in our canoe and watched these you know, amazing elephants right in front of us crossing the, the channel. And we also saw a lot of zebras. Yes, a lot. And so we did a, a walking trip uh, with our guide. And they don't always see animals or don't always see the same animals. It's not a, a huge safari area in, in this delta. There's another national park a little bit further, which is where you see more animals. But we got quite lucky. We saw these elephants all the time, and we saw quite a few herds of zebras mm -hmm. and also wildebeest. And so it was yet another great animal experience for us in Africa. It was. It was fantastic. Thanks for listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.